Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. This is Dale Jr. and you're listening to Dirty Mo Radio. Outside, door, bumper, clear the AT. Best car I had here in a long time. You're going to do it. You're going to win it. Right with you. You're clear. Check the flag. You win. Oh, yeah! Woo! Hey everybody, I'm TJ Majors, um, spotter for the 88 with Dale Jr. and the 7 of Justin Allgaier in the Xfinity Series. And alongside of me, coming from the most happiest place on earth. Brett Griffin, spotter for Elliot Sadler Club Boyer. And I am down here in Magic Kingdom. And I am also not the happiest person on earth right now because I haven't had breakfast yet. Well, I, you, you won't miss it, I promise. Um, you know, we have a new co-host in here today, a female Um you like females, Brett. So, and it's Kristen. Kristen, why don't you uh, introduce yourself? Hey guys, this is Kristen Bauer, and I work at Junior Motorsports, and I am just excited to be here. Yeah, I never the... use the word excited. That's rule number one at PR. As the war wages between the two of you. Really happy One Main allows TJ and I to jump on this podcast every Tuesday and talk about what's going on in the world of racing. But before we jump into the world of racing, I think the first thing we want to discuss is going to be the charter program. TJ brought up on last week's show, and if you haven't listened to last week's show, go download it. He talked about his love and lust for Pocahontas, and I think he spent all day Sunday with her. So I just want to hear how that went, TJ. You know, I was highly disappointed, but I I did not get to see her. You know, we had breakfast in the castle, and it was really lovely that Jasmine came to see, and I might have a new one, um, Jasmine. You know, she. You're already cheating on Pocahontas. <laughs> Jasmine just, you know, she sweet-talked me. Um, I took a picture of her and Madeline, and, you know, she winked at me. So, I don't know. You know, I think that means she likes me. So She might have had something in her eye. Are you sure she uh, was winking? Oh, yeah, man. She was smiling, too. She said door bumper clear yeah. and then walked off. Oh, but well, she listens? I told you, man, we got millions already. I knew we would. <laughs> Princesses, even. So, all right, man, what do you think about the uh, big announcement last week with chartering? I mean, the NASCAR model has taken a significant change from, from kind of where its glory days were and kind of where it all started. So what, what do you think about this charter deal? You know, I don't, I don't know how it's going to, how it's going to work over the, over a long run. Um, I was kind of disappointed to not see the Wood Brothers be a part of it, but I understand the logic behind it that they haven't run a complete season. Um, you know, I know they've wanted to, but financial reasons and stuff have set them back and they did what they could. Um, but you know, I, it, it might it might be successful in the long run. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about it and the business aspect of it to to really say it's going to be great. Um, 
I don't see a lot of owners being highly upset with it. So it seems like it might, you know, it might might be something they're embracing and and um, you know can run with. So hopefully it's hopefully it's for the better of the sport. What do you think? Man, I I think it's certainly going to give the guys that are here and, and the the guys that have been playing here in the sandbox for a long hard time, with the exception of the Wood Brothers, some some equity stake in in what we're trying to do. So I feel like they've got a staple now in our sport. I, I think the the downside of it is, you know, this sport was built on free enterprise, which was TJ. If you and I want to start a cup team and go race this weekend, we can do that, and and we still have the opportunity to do that. But now there's only four slots to fill. And they certainly have taken the interest level from coming in and being able to do that and build something, and, and they've, they've cut that in half, in my opinion. You know, if you look at this weekend, we have 44 teams here to make the Daytona 500, four went home. So from now on, the 36 guys that are that are locked in are going to be locked in. The other four are going to have to earn their way in. And at what point do you as a new team say, man, it's just not worth it? And I don't know when that is. You know, I, I think in three to four years, we see our field consistently being 36 to 38 cars instead of 40 because I think at some point it just doesn't make a lot of financial sense to, to come in and try to make these races when you know for the next nine years those 36 people hold the only 36 eggs they're going to give out to the to the roosters, you know? Yeah, I don't – I can definitely see where you're coming from with that. I don't know. I, I, I don't know, man. I You know, I kind of wanted to see it grow more. I understand we need to have the guaranteed starting spots, but – I like the days when you go to Martinsville or, you know, even um, Xfinity Series back in the day when they would run South Boston. You'd have the local late model champs come out and get in a car and run good. Um, you know, I wish we could do some of that, the short track stuff still, and, you know, have guys have shots, you know, build a car in their their garage and, and run a Martinsville or something. It'd be pretty cool to see yeah. something happen like that again, but I don't know if anything like that's going to happen in the near future. Yeah, I think coming from 43 to 40, just, man, I, that, that's probably the only thing I'm really disappointed about. I, I wanted these the guys to have their version of franchising because they've earned it. You know, they, they deserve it. Rick Hendry, Roger Penske, you know, even Chip Ganassi, I mean, some of the newer owners that are here. I mean, they, those guys sink $20, $30 million a year into the sport for a car, and, and, you know, they need to be able to have that consistency and stability for their sponsors and for their employees, and it, it's only a good thing. I just I hate to see the number come down from 43, but I'm also – one of those guys that doesn't always like to see change. So we'll we'll let this thing play out, and we'll, I'm sure, have another opinion on it next year. So, uh, I, hey, man, what about the race the other night? I know you and I didn't get to run the whole thing, but, man, what a, what a great sprint and limit, a great way to start the year for us. Yeah, I didn't – you know, I'm beginning to like that race less and less. Uh, it just seems like some of the guys go out there and they throw the green for that thing, and they go out there and try to wreck. It's almost like an arc field. Um you know, we we kind of sat back in the beginning. We didn't have a very good draw, so we didn't have much of a choice. And you know, you can't go three wide right up through the field at Daytona. It's just not it's just not easy to do. So we rode around there a little bit in the beginning to see how the runs formed, and just you know, and um, took it easy. And when it was time to go, we started making some progress. And I saw I saw um, you know, Vickers have that problem. Like um, I saw him have that problem out of four. And he kept in it, and the only you know you just can't stop. Um, so the only way to really get around him was to pass him. We were passing him as it happened, and obviously got caught up in it. But um, I don't know, man. I, I, that race just seems to me it's not. It's just not. It's just not much fun to me. Um, I haven't enjoyed it as much as I thought I would the last couple of years. But it's still race, and you know it's still fun to to knock the rust off the plate stuff and get out there and and, and see how. 
see how things turn out. I just know at night, you know, the runs you saw at night, at nighttime so much different than daytime racing there. The night, everybody can get a run, and um, the cars are fast. When that sun comes out, it slows everything down a little bit, and there's not as much, not as many aggressive moves as you've seen uh, in the Unlimited. Yeah, I, mean, I, think the, I think the drivers maybe were even a little bit rusty. I mean, they've been sitting on their asses for three months, so to put them in, in a pack of 25 cars and say, hey, you guys go run a few inches apart and let's see how this works. And, and I don't know if it was they were really rusty and they were bouncing off each other or if they were being that aggressive. But either way, I think if I'm a fan sitting at home or a fan sitting in the stands, I, I would have to think I was entertained because, you know, we, we, we had the same deal. We had a middle-of-the-pack draw, and, and this certainly wasn't our great car. You know, we saved that car for the Daytona 500, but we, we managed to run in the top eight, top nine. Got shuffled by Logano once off the two, so Clint decided to bail out of the back and, and just kind of ride around. And you know, so when he's doing that, you know, it gives me an opportunity to watch more of the race, which I later had an opportunity to watch the entire race without having to worry about yeah. spotting. But I, man, I think they put on a hell of a show. I, I was, I, I think the rules package, as you said, it's going to be different when we race during the day. But we don't race during the day until the day, day, day the Daytona 500. We're going to come back Thursday and run another night race where guys are yeah. going to be able to get big runs and shoot up the middle and once again, bounce off each other. But I think the Daytona 500 is going to be a completely different product, which you yeah. alluded to, than these two night races that we're kind of running going into it. Yeah, what did you uh, – I didn't even see your car in that race, to be honest with you. Nah, <laughs> I didn't even see yeah. you, man. I mean, I, I really didn't. Um, there, You know, we never got higher than – I don't even know where we were when we were when we crashed. It was probably around 10th anyway, maybe even a little worse than that. You were in front of me at that point. Yeah, did you see all our door foam? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We had thanks, thank Vickers for that. But, you know, we all we yeah. all knew that was going to happen. Yeah, we did have a hell of a view though, man. This is going to be the new best spotter stand ever. I don't know what these other tracks. Yeah, do. Chip Wilds and Darlington and all those people, man. They're going to have to get off their butts and build us something nice like they told us to. Yeah, that Darlington is very, very bad. I mean, I, I basically stand on your shoulders at Darlington. We're yeah. so close together. And you rub shoulders with the other guy next to you, and you can't even barely see your car come out of four because everyone's leaning over one the rail. So, um, we uh, I think me and you stand next to each other up there, don't we? A couple apart. Yeah, we're pretty. Yeah, close. we like to chicken fight with all the other spotters. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, Daytona did raise the bar for the spotter stand. So if anybody, any anybody's listening, um, like Darlington. <coughs> <laughs> What do you mean? What do you mean if anybody's listening? Everybody's listening to the show. Yeah. All right, Kristen, give us some top topics for today. So top topics, we are starting with Chase Elliott and his uh, Daytona 500 pole capture. So he has sh big shoes to fill running the iconic number 24 car. Did anyone see this coming? You know what? I, I, after practice, I think we all saw it coming. I mean, the 24 was one of the fastest cars out there. And, and I'll go back to what I said leading into Daytona 500 qualifying, which is the fastest car with a man versus machine in the track is, is supposed to win the Daytona 500 pole. And, and coming out of the weekend, now there's no question as to which team was the fastest in Daytona. We all know it was Chase Elliott. We all know they sat on the pole last year with Jeff Gordon with the same crew chief and the same crew and similar equipment. We all know how great their restrictor plate equipment is. So for me, no, there was personally zero surprise that a Hendrick Carr and Chase Elliott sat on the pole. Now, he has big shoes to fill going into hey, the Daytona 500. You are way over time, buddy. I'm a horrible well, referee. Hit, you had 12 hit extra seconds. Bell. You had 12 <laughs> like, extra seconds, man. Damn. We had a technical difficulty. Where's your, where's your mental clock? 
I was making a great point, though. Go ahead. Yeah, I saw, I actually really thought Chase Elliott could get the pole pretty easily. Um, that car's been fast. They, Hendrick has speed. That car has set on the pole before. Um, it's kind of how the, it's always how it goes. You know, Austin set on the pole. Danica got the pole. Jeff got the pole in his, in his farewell year. Um, we had the pole a few years ago, too, 2011 or 12, maybe. So it's just kind of how it goes. Um, I definitely saw it coming. They have speed, and now we know who's fast. All right, so look, here's the thing. I saw where some crazy media person, I never heard of that guy, but he said, you know, how, how big of a deal it is Chase Elliott's on the pole. Chase Elliott sat in the car. He drove the car, yes. But the race team put him on the pole. Any real race car driver in our sport will tell you they don't control who gets the pole. The car does. The car has speed. Now it's Chase's job to go into the Daytona 500, get a good finish. And if he gets the top 15, it's going to be a great first weekend for him at Sprint Cup. Second topic, Brian Vickers is running the number 14. Is he the best driver for the job, or should someone else be given the opportunity? TJ. I don't think he's the best driver for the for the job. He's obviously has a lot of experience and he can, can drive, and he has some certain tracks that he's really good at, but I feel like there's better um, choices out there, up-and-coming drivers that maybe need a shot. I definitely feel like they could have done better picking a driver. Ten more seconds. Man, Brian Vickers is, is a great race car driver. He's won on plate races before. I think if you're trying to replace Tony Stewart for the Daytona 500, you replace it him with somebody you know can win, and we all know Vickers can do that. My only question, <clears throat> excuse me, my only question is, why would Vickers want to do it? I mean, here's a guy that's had blood clots twice, open heart surgery. He's missed a lot of time in the last two years, so I don't know if he's got really big balls or if he's being crazy here to even take a chance to come back to run one race. So I think the jury's out, though. We'll see what happens on this deal for long term with, with who the replacement really is. I'll let you do the investigating on that. But, um, yeah, I still think there's somebody better. I think there's some, you know, I would, Vickers does have a good track record at running at plate races. Um, he does have a win, but he did wreck Jimmy and Dale Jr. one time to get a win. I don't know. I feel like they could have done better. I would have went with, uh, I, I would have went with a Sam Hornish or somebody like that. That made the show exciting. Third topic, Jeff Gordon is now commentating the races. How do you think he is doing behind the mic versus behind the wheel? Brett, you're up. Man, I, I'm a huge Jeff Gordon fan. I've got nothing but respect for the guy. You know, he's made me mad at several points in my career while I've been here spotting because he's wrecked guys like Elliot Sadler at Sonoma or Clint Boyer at Phoenix that really pissed me off and got under my skin. But if he is just half as good in the booth as he is on the racetrack, I think the fans are – or up for a great season of insight. You know, it's always important to have somebody relevant on TV talking about the things that we're seeing from, from our couch. So I think he's going to do a great job of bridging that gap from the fans to what's actually going on on the racetrack and, and not get too technical. Wait a minute. Did, I thought you don't hold grudges. Anyway, y'all hear that? That's a grudge. Two of them right there. Anyway, uh, I don't get a chance to watch the TV broadcast, but I, I, what I was reading on social media was that Jeff was doing a great job. Um, I read a few tweets. Um, Dale Jr. wants him to tweet during or uh, text during commercial breaks like Latart does. So I thought that was pretty cool. But any Jeff has so much knowledge and experience. It's good to get somebody that's fresh out of the car up there that can relate to certain things happening on the racetrack. Man, this is Wonder Boy. Wonder Boy has done things for our sport that nobody else has done. I mean, he brought Hollywood here. This guy hosted Saturday Night Live. He was on Regis and Kelly. So when you, you, you say, man, is he ready for TV? Hell yeah, he's ready for TV. He's been on bigger broadcasts than some of what our races are even going to be. So I know he's going to do a great job representing our sport. I know he's going to do a great job of attracting young fans and, 
he may have the best hair in the garage, and that's that. There's got to be something said for that if you're on TV. Fourth topic, a hot topic going into this weekend's events was Tony Stewart and his recent injury. Should drivers be allowed to participate in quote unquote dangerous off the track activities? TJ, yes or no? Um, yeah, I know you take a risk going along with it. That's the driver's call. Um, if they want to do something they enjoy, they should be allowed to do it. You know, Casey likes to run in sprint cars. Um, you know, uh, Greg Biffle likes to go after the sand dunes as well. That's what they like to do, you know, but you just know there's a risk associated with it, and it's something you've got to be, be ready to pay the consequences for. But I fully agree they should um, be able to do what they like within means. Man, there are hundreds of millions of dollars invested in these guys. So when you look at someone like Tony Stewart, man, there's a lot of different platforms that are built this year just for him to be able to go out and race. So if I'm a team owner, I'm going to have things in their contract, and I've seen driver's contracts before. They do have things to say you can't do. You can't jump out of an airplane. You can't ride a motorcycle without a helmet. They need to be able to protect their investment because right now their company's hurting, their employees hurting, their sponsors are hurting, and ultimately their fans are hurting. So, yeah, I think we need to wrap them in bubble wrap and then let them go live their life. They shouldn't get hurt out of a race car. I don't know. You, you can't live life and not be happy. And only you got to do things that make you happy. So I think they should, you know, I'm not saying they need to go skydiving and do stuff like that, but, uh, you know, if they want to go, that could have happened walking out of their house. You could get hurt walking out of your house today a little icy. You could slip step on something and slip so uh these guys are professionals they know what they're doing and um i think you should eat a cheeseburger fifth topic the grammys <laughs> kanye west or taylor swift and mr believer brett griffin you're up man i don't watch the grammys i, I don't even know an actor or actress's name I it's for music movies I watch. <laughs> it's for music yes, yes. Oh. it's music awards man is this the one where Kanye was an ass to Taylor Swift? Yeah, like yeah. a couple one years time. ago, three Dude, the, years ago. The, the trophy shaped yeah. like a like a horn, man. It's music. <laughs> so I saw, I I did see some YouTube of that stuff, man. I just don't watch a lot of award shows. I'm sorry. I have a life that I like to live with my own, and I don't really try to like to live it through other people at award shows. I, I apologize. I mean, he, he's, <laughs> he's been in Disney. What else is there to do at eleven o'clock at night? I guess sleep because you're so tired, but. Uh, I like Taylor Swift. I'm not a big Kanye West fan. Anybody that can blow $53 million, and I don't even know how you get that far in debt. So uh, I, I go with Taylor Swift all day. Justin Bieber's better than both of them, so I don't know who else you guys want to lay out for us to really compare this to. But, I mean, if we're going to get some artists, let's get some artists. Justin Bieber's a man. Kanye's always angry, and Taylor's always pissed off at his ex-boyfriend. So I'm sticking with the Biebs on this deal. Topic six, the Westminster Dog Show is going on right now. What breed would you pick to win, Sir TJ? Oh, man. What dogs? I don't even know what breeds are in that thing. You um, got a dog? We'll go with a miniature golden doodle. That's what Madeline <laughs> asked. So we'll go with one of them. That You know, they're friendly. They train well. They listen. Um, they're hypoallergenic. They're hypoallergenic. Mm -hmm. They have real hair. They don't shed. Who wouldn't want that what dog? What dog doesn't doing? have real hair? What's different? No, they have, it's different. Real, real hair. I'm from Paisley, South Carolina, so I may not be able to say this word right, but I think those Weimariner dogs, is that right? Is that how you say it? Weimariners, yeah. Weimer, yeah, They're sounds like legit. Man, those are, those are really cool-looking dogs. So I'm not real sure, much like the Grammys, what a Westminster dog <laughs> show really means you have to do. Like if they're shooting ducks and the dogs go get the ducks, like I think that's cool. But if the dogs are 
getting brushed out all pretty and looking like a Barbie doll. And, I mean, who the hell can brush their dog every day? My dog's got, like, knots in his hair because I can't brush it every day. So I want a lima rhino with those cool eyes and hopefully doesn't need brushing. Yeah, man. Dog shows are, like, looking pretty and running through sticks and jumping over little things, man. And then they sit. Well, you know what I mean. The pylons and stuff. It's like a, it's like a beauty pageant for dogs, and they, they got to look good and listen well. So, I've never seen a beauty pageant where a girl has run through stuff. <laughs> well, maybe they should. I'm, I, I'd be all for that. And Girls running through sticks. That ought to make for great tough TV. to do in a bikini. An athletic Miss America. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Hmm. Great. All right, we got the word association coming up. And, Brett, you are first. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready as I'm going to get. All right, your word is beach. Ball. TJ. <laughs> Man tank. Brett's belly. <laughs> what? Brett, elephant. What was his word? Because I didn't hear his word. Dude, I heard I man. Heard I heard man tank. It must have been beer, and he was thinking six pack. Did you say man tank? Well, I sure think? did. Man tank. Man tank. Like a tank top, but on a man. Oh, I thought you were talking. Well, I was going to say uh, these nuts, but I didn't want to say. <laughs> Back to the show. All right. Brett? Elephant. Trump. <laughs> What? TJ. Mustard. Yuck. Brett, high heels. Ooh, I got nothing. I'm going with ball and trunk so far. So I'm not sure what else he was saying. TJ, Starbucks. Heels, uh, stilettos. It's the same thing. <laughs> Starbucks? Um, heels were the story of my life, man. Um, Makes every girl seven foot taller than me. <laughs> so, uh, my word is Starbucks. I would say vanilla bean frappuccino. That's great. So this good. one went well. That's so good. What is a, a man tank? I've never heard that word before. It's you in a tank top. I don't. Dudes don't wear tank tops. They do. That's why it's one of the words. Have you ever? I call them Ray Rice top? jerseys. <laughs> yeah. Are you talking wife beaters? No, it's like yeah. a it's like a regular tank top that guys wear, and their arms are out. Is it a hipster thing? It's oh, a... I've actually got one on right now, so my tattoo will show up on right on. Great, send us a picture. Yeah. yeah. But does it cut off yeah. your belly? I'll send you a selfie, TJ, when we get off the phone so you can see it. It's actually cool. It's what you wear when you're on a boat, man. How do you yeah, not on a tank, tank top? I don't know. Does it How go does it low? a tank top? It's, it's like a tank top. Five. I don't like understand. So it's basically a, a wife top. beater. But it's not a wife beater because those are like white. and It's got red. logos on it or something. <laughs> no, it's not a wife beater, man. It's a t-shirt with no sleeves. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I got you. But I didn't know what they were called, and I actually have a Gamecock man tank right now. They that sounds like something, something Cinderella wore in a video back in the day or something, man. Bon Jovi or something. Yeah, I don't think Cinderella's ever sported a man tank. She's <laughs> too prissy for that. Oh, my goodness. Maybe that brave chick. I'd like to see her that, in a man tank. I, I just saw a picture. That dude skipped leg day. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he skipped awful. leg day. Look at his legs. He's got poor little legs. Skinny. Yeah. They're skinny. All right. Where are we at? We in the session? The BS session here? So I got a Brett, Beebs performed last night, man. He did in the green. Live, live, man. Yes. How did you miss that? Man, I thought I had my alerts. I thought I had Google alerts set to go off any time he was doing did anything you? that my phone would tell me, but I missed it. I figured you were gonna. I figured you were gonna sneak in the bathroom and watch it on your phone live or something. 
Man, I, I definitely would have because Deebs is man. Did he did he do a good job? Somebody did anybody watch on the show? I don't know. I turned the channel. <laughs> you suck. Kristen, I did. did you watch it? I fell asleep. It was like three and a half hours long. What did you do oh yesterday that tired God. you out? Stuff. I don't know. Like what? Working here. Oh, you worked yesterday. As most people do on Mondays. Oh, it was holiday. Holiday. It was. There's no holidays before Daytona. Yes, there is. JRM has got to give you guys more days off. Who do we got to talk to over there? Kelly, Dale, Mike, Davis. Who is it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> BCC, all three of them. I know on that news next day, I mean, he's at the legs. <laughs> man, I, I, have a, I have a hard time talking to Dale Jr. since he's growing this beard out, TJ. How do you do it, man? Because he's always this cool-looking dude, and now he's like this hard-ass-looking dude, man. I'm kind of scared of him. I don't know. He, I, I'm just so used to it for so long, it doesn't really, doesn't really bother me. I miss, uh, <clears throat> you know, it, something funny real quick is we, remember when we used to test Daytona, how we'd go oh, down yeah. there and you'd sit in line for like 30 minutes, you'd be like 20th in line. So yeah. we were down there testing in January a couple of years ago and I get this text and it's, a, it's a selfie of him with his helmet on and he's flipping me off. <laughs> so of course I took one of me flipping him off with his car down there where he was sitting, you know, so it was basically my view versus his view, and that's the type of stuff. Yeah. But do you ever do anything like that during testing? Any yeah, fun we stuff? did, you know, yeah, but I try not to go to test, man. I feel like I've practiced enough in 17 years. I don't need a lot of practice. I'm ready to race, man. Oh, but, man. yeah, I remember that stuff. It was fun. <laughs> uh, so what do you, what do you got? Uh, are you looking forward to this week? Man, it's Daytona 500 week. How can you not be? I think we've got four great races coming up with the duels, and obviously five because there's two duels, but the duels, the truck race, the Xfinity race, and then the Daytona 500. So, man, I'm a huge fan of the draft for stricter plate racing. I know that, that we both will look forward to getting some practice in before the 500 gets here, and we've got a chance to win the race on Saturday with a one-man car and hopefully with Clint on Sunday. So, I know all of our listeners would love to hear the presenting sponsor win Saturday's race. So if there's anything you can do, TJ, to help me on that one, man, I appreciate it. Yeah, I can pull you in a second. <laughs> I can pull you in a second. That's not a problem. You know, I like to um, – I'm all about winning some races. I wore my Ugg slippers for you today, by the way. I was going to mention that. You're wearing slippers as shoes outside. But I got hard Can bottles. you wear slippers outside? You can do anything you want to do, buddy. You Are you wearing, like, jam you, shorts you're wearing with them, too, a, or cut-off blue jeans shorts? You're wearing a man tank right now. He's in Florida. because yeah, I got guns. I got my guns out. <laughs> no, I yeah, gun show here in Orlando. Okay, that's going to require a selfie. You take a picture of shooting the gun. <laughs> that, if you're going to talk about it, you're going to show them. Because I'll show my slippers. I got no problem with that. But uh, are you doing the truck race? No, man. I actually have a, a dinner with someone named Bucks on Friday night at a place called Martini's. And uh, it's one of... Daytona's best kept secrets, which I just let that completely out of the bag. So no, no truck race for me on Friday, man. I feel like if I do a bunch of races, come Sunday, I'm I'm kind of over it. So I, I try to limit how many races I do leading into the big one. Yeah, I do the truck race. I'll have Tyler Reddick. So we're gonna run for points again this year and see if we can win a championship. Got close last year, but I like working. He did with a good job last yeah, year. I yeah, like I'm working sure you're with kids. Take all the credit for that, but he did. He did. Job. I drove it, man. Tyler, no, he did good. He learned a lot last year. And, and, uh, you know, I like working with the young kids. That's why I like doing the truck series racing and stuff, because you bring them kids in there and you can kind of, you can kind of guide them and stuff. I need to, plus I got, I got, I got to make as much money as you, so I got to work. Well, I don't know if that's the case. So, I mean, you bring up a good point right here. I mean, here's the guy, Tyler Reddick, which is a great driver. 
there's Brad Keselowski, who is a great owner, investing a lot, putting a lot of you know money ultimately back into the sport. And and I think when we look at the charter system, you say, hey, you know, what is what is the plan for Brad Keselowski now? Is he content to truck race the rest of his life, or when he's ready to hang up the helmet, does he have to be ready to pony up and buy into this charter system? Or you know, I think that's the thing that has to play out for fans before we really understand what this whole charter thing means, because there's just so many questions about potential potential owners and potential drivers. Like, how do they get to the Cup Series now? And that's, so I think, you know, the Reddick is, is a great version of that because, I mean, the guy did well in the draft last year, almost won a championship. You guys won races, right? Yeah, we won Daytona and Dover. Yeah, I mean, that's a big deal. So, I mean, at what point is that guy ready to move up and go on to the next deal? And you would hope to see somebody like a, a Brad Keselowski stay in ownership and move up with him. I mean, that's what this, this sport was built on, man. It was It was heartbreaking to watch. You know, Kevin Harvick, Rusty Wallace, Dale Jarrett, a lot of teams go out of the, the Bush Series and Xfinity Series over the years because the business model just wouldn't support it. So, again, I think we'll just have to wait and see how this whole charter thing plays out. Not to go back and revisit that, but it's just a good point to probably bring up to some of these listeners. All right, Kristen, do you want to do would you like to know our 500 predictions? I sure would. What is your prediction, Brett? Man, it's it was, okay, it man. Was, you can say Dale Jr. is perfectly okay. It, it was, Man, I, I'm I'm not against Dell Jr. I was, man, it was eye-opening on on uh, Saturday night to watch how dominant Penske was and and how dominant JGR was. I mean, those five or six cars were in the top five or six for the majority of the night. I actually sold, told Sarah Bundy, a friend of ours, was sprint before the race started, that this was going to be the JGR and and you know kind of Penske show, and and it was. So I hope. That, that a lot of us are able to get in there and be in the mix. You know, I know that at the end of the day, Hendrick cars and Hendrick motors are going to be dominant. They're going to be good. So I think you got to look uh, across the whole field and say, man, whose turn is it? And and I got to say Denny Hamlin's turn. If it can't be Clint Boyer's turn, I think Denny Hamlin is going to be really tough to beat. The guy's won a lot of sprint unlimiteds. And he knows how to get around the draft. I mean, he ultimately invented the whole tandem thing at Talladega years ago. He's not afraid to try new things. So I think he'll be tough to beat in the 500. Excuse me while I throw up. Jeez, man. <laughs> Good Lord, Who man. Who you got? You can't pick yourself. Well, you I don't. Pick yourself. Who you got? You know, I'm not going to jinx myself, so I'm not going to pick anybody. But I know what happened the last time Denny Hamlin won the Unlimited. You know who won that race? Who won the 500 just, after that? No, but we just said you had to pick somebody, and you just said you're not picking anybody. So I'm not picking anybody. I, I'm not I, I'm not jinxing myself, man. Not picking it. But I know who won the 500 after Denny won the Unlimited. So I'm gonna roll. Well, I'm glad you brought up. Let's pick somebody, only to say I'm a wuss and I'm not gonna pick anybody. Well, I just, you know, you went on a good little rant there, and I thought it was sufficient. So. TJ, you're superstitious. I am superstitious, man. <laughs> I am superstitious. Every time we and pick, every time we pick somebody, like if we pick Dale Jr. to win, something like bad luck happens. So I said you can't pick your own guy to win. Pick somebody else. But I don't want anybody I mean, else. We to would win. always pick our own guy. <laughs> I don't want anybody else to yeah. win. I don't want. Uh, all right. Um, who's running it? Who's who's not in the charter system? <laughs> that uh, Blaney's not in the charter system. I'm sure there's some other guys you can. I don't even know who else is. Okay. To be honest with well, you. Well, who do I want to have bad luck? You know what, man? I'll go with Denny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going Denny. Oh, so we're both picking Denny for different reasons. I'm picking Denny. So hopefully, <laughs> the Gremlins get in that car and tear it up. That's funny. 
That's funny. What are you? Uh, when are you heading back down here, man? TJ, you went home to North Carolina. Everybody yeah, not know that. I wasn't supposed to come down. home, but the weather got bad. And I wanted to make sure my wife and little girl got home, so I drove them back yesterday, and I will fly back Wednesday around lunchtime and get to the track so we can get some practice in Wednesday night and get ready for that duel Thursday. How much do you like to practice, honestly, leading into the 500? I want to practice the 500 car. Um, I want to practice a little bit at night, and then I want to go to that race, and then I want to run it maybe one or two times, and then hopefully it's good. Yeah. yeah I don't like to practice. <clears throat> we got too much practice. Uh, we do have too much. We got too much practice across all series down here. We just don't need it anymore. The engineers and the aero guys get these cars so close before we get to the track. I mean, it's almost like we we know what we've got. But I'm with you. I like to go out run. You know, a couple hard runs, and then, man, I'm all about a car cover and get it ready for Thursday's race. And then Thursday's race, that is your practice. I mean, that is a real-time practice session to get ready for the 500. So I don't yeah. I, I don't think we need any more practice. I like a day practice. I like a day practice after that. I like to draft one time in the daytime just to see, make sure, you know, because it's going to be quite a bit different. It's, I looked at the weather, and 0% chance of rain every day. So yeah. that probably means it's going to rain. Yeah, don't jinx us. It's going to rain at some point. So. Uh, yeah, I like one daytime drafting practice, maybe go out there and slide around a little bit, and then I'm with you, put the cover on it, intro the drivers on Sunday, and buckle them in. Yeah, I actually tweeted, man, it would be nice to run these duels in the day again, because, just to your point, you, you getting the dates on the 500, if it is hot, it is slick, handling does matter, you have no idea, you know, what to even be ready for, so it's almost like, why did we do all those practices if they're not going to be something that we can translate over to the race. But, it, it, hey, at least we all have it even. We, we're all playing on the same field here. So it should be fun. Yeah, you hear Kristen yelling in the background? <laughs> no, she's you don't hear that? Up. That's no. Kristen. That's Kristen yelling. Run away from TJ. All right, Brett. Well, we're going to wrap it up here, and uh, we'll be back at you after the Daytona 500. Holla. See you guys. At One Main Financial, we believe in the importance of community. That means partnering with our neighbors to reach common goals, lending a hand when it matters most, and commitment to our neighborhoods. Community isn't just where you are. It's where you make a difference. One Main Financial, not just in the neighborhood, but part of your community. Providing personal loan solutions and one-on-one local service. One Main Financial, your needs, your goals, your dreams. Offer subject to restrictions and requirements of the licensee. For licensing information, visit our website or call us. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. 